0: Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Media Podcast. This is episode 213. So, Josh and I talk about many of things on this podcast, mostly comic book and movie-related news, and we delve very specifically into certain fandoms like Marvel, DC, Star Wars, horror. There is one fandom, though, that Josh and I have both been a part of for a good chunk of our lives, that we don't advertise or don't talk about as much. Well, I don't talk about or advertise as much. Uh, but even then, this fandom is not one that Josh speaks of as often, but is probably one of the, his most diehard franchises. But it's also secretly one of my diehard franchises, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, with the mutant mayhem trailer finally dropping and surprising everyone not named josh we were just like you know what we have not actually spent quality time talking about the turtles and boy guys if you haven't talked to us before this is a topic that we can talk about for a very long time so I know sometimes we tell the same stories over and over again. I guarantee you there's going to be some new stuff that you've never heard from Josh and I when it yeah, comes to this topic. I'm so I'm kind really. of excited to delve into some of the the stories, um, our history with the turtles, our favorite things about the franchise, the goods and the bads and everything in between. But, Josh, you ready for some Cowbunga ing tonight? Cowbunga. ing <laughs> Hey, it's not yeah. as weird as when Splinter says it.
1: That's... Unfortunately, fair. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, dude, I'm, I'm I'm always for this. I'm always for for talking Ninja Turtles. I, like, I, and I know, like, I guess I bring it up from time to time, but I don't think you. I we. It's not really like you said one of those um, franchises you and I talk about a whole lot. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, but yeah, how 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 are you, buddy? It's been a been a week, yeah, week and a half.
0: <laughs> uh, we both have been through the ringer, Josh, a little bit more than I have, but uh, yeah. I still have cabin fever because I still don't have a car back yet. Still, Whee! I hope to get it back by the time this episode airs. It's just uh, it's just so frustrating and annoying. Um, but yeah, I did the news last week um, since I've been at home. I've been working from home, but I've also been watching a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff because I've realized I was kind of falling behind on like my forecast of where I should be in terms of watching stuff because only I care about how many projects and movies i watched in a <laughs> given year and i yeah. understand that uh but i watched hot shots part two yeah so so much better yeah.
1: Woo. <laughs> so
0: so much better than the first one because i'm not gonna lie the first one i thought i thought was just whatever oh. but hot yeah, shots okay. part two was so good there's one part in particular that i actually I like had to pause it because i was dying laughing so far uh like there's a scene where they're talking to one of the main characters and she's like, who's that? Oh, she's the female love interest. And the other guy, he's an extra. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you just openly acknowledge the extra Gosh. right to the camera's face is just wonderful. Um Art
1: Deuce is so good. Easily one of my favorite comedies of all time.
0: It's so funny. Uh, And then on the flip side, I watched a comedy that severely disappointed me, a movie called Idiocracy, which I hear a lot about in film circles of just like, wow, it was one of those comedies that was ahead of its time and predicted the future of a guy with average average intelligence in our time period accidentally gets sent to the future where everyone's a bunch of morons. And I'm going, that could be really entertaining and interesting. It's not as clever as the movie thinks it is. It's the same guy that did Office Space. So, like, if you enjoy the Office Space style of humor, this might work. I'm just going, eh, it's not as ahead of its time as people like to give it credit for. I'm just like, eh, not that great. Um, Watched Fanboys, which is really, really funny and will only really be funny if you're a Star Wars fan or a geek fan in general. But I think they do enough of a loving homage to Star Wars. I will say it has some tonal issues because the whole premise of the movie is it's 1999 and fans are trying to, this group of friends are like trying to break into Skywalker Ranch to see an early version of Phantom Menace before the movie comes out because their friend is dying of cancer and they want him to see the movie before he dies.
1: Oh no.
0: Yeah. So in one scene, they'll be just farting around and creating a mob with star trek fans and then the next scene they're talking about oh yeah our friend is dying of cancer and i'm just going when they first introduced that plot at the beginning of the movie i'm going well that has to be a joke because you handled that with the least amount of subtlety possible no but no that's like a it's actually the story motivator i'm going oh oh no uh but there's a whole bunch of famous people and it. it's funny you got like Kristen bell you've got uh your boy how to train your dragon jay bear in it as the main geeky guy uh the guy that would be the best part about fantastic beasts uh what's his name uh the muggle character
1: oh yeah, yeah i know you're talking about
0: yeah i forget what he the it's an early that, that, role for him
1: they, they try to not make important but somehow becomes incre- incredibly important Love
0: yeah because it. they realize people weren't really attaching to newt all that much uh, William Shatner's in it as the mole in Skywalker Ranch, which is really really funny. Uh, then there's some stuff that really has not aged well. That I'm just going, oh, oh, this is a thing. I don't, I don't like where this is going. Uh, it, it was funny for a little bit. It's one of those like very dated two thousands movies. I was just like, I've seen it once. It was okay. Uh, I also finally watched The Haunting with Owen Wilson. Um. Oh yay. God, this movie's so boring. Like, <laughs> I know people bag up PG 13 horror, and I still think you could do PG 13 horror well, like Lights Out or Insidious. Oh, yeah. This movie's just boring. Nothing happens. It's just boring. They're just like, look how spooky this house is. It's really not that spooky. It's well lit and has interesting architecture, but it's not like a creepy house. Like, this is supposed to be the same source material that gave us the Haunting of Hill House. So it was cool as being like, ah, we have a Theo, we have, um, we have a Nell. Okay. There's no real connection here to Haunting of Hill House as much as I was kind of hoping for, but it was more than anything, just wasn't scary. It's was just boring, really dull. Even Owen Wilson, being Owen Wilson, couldn't save it. Uh, and then lastly, Creed 3 I'm trying to keep yeah. it, I'll keep it to a minimum here. Because I don't want to spoil anything for Josh. But there my full review is up. Dropped it when it came out. It's a good movie. It's a good directorial debut for Black Jordan. He, for the first time in the franchise, I think, takes some risks. He tries some new things. Especially with how the fights are presented. I don't know if they always worked for me. But by and large, it's a good movie. And no, Josh is not as much of a warrior rip off as we were kind of making fun of it. It starts that way, but once the story gets going, it's not warrior. And I think that that's a good thing. It it's a good movie. Yeah.
1: Well, and I, I think Creed was very, not Creed, Michael B. Jordan is very aware of what kind of space he's in when, when making a Creed movie, especially without Rocky. Um, Hearing him say in interviews, the only interviews I've I've allowed myself to watch are like the ones of him saying that there's a lot of anime references and stuff like that. Very much so.
0: Very much so. You'll be able to tell.
1: Yeah, which I'll be interested to see if um, that, at least from my personal standpoint, if that ends up adding or subtracting. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I have been very busy um for a personal reason so i had not gotten to watch a whole lot um i am an episode behind the last of us i just watched the first episode of season three of mandalorian today um i just yeah it's crazy i i i say that i've been so busy that i haven't had time to watch anything but i'm like knee deep in a in a uh a watch through of Adventure Time, which is something I've never—I've always wanted to watch. I've never seen it. Um, and then I also read the first three Percy Jackson books this past couple of weeks. And then I watched—or no—I I just started. Uh, okay, so these new canon um, Star Wars books are can be hit or miss. But yes. the one I'm starting right now, which is my so far, I'm like four or five chapters in currently one of my favorite star wars books i've ever read
0: which one is um,
1: it it's light light of jedi it's a high republic book so okay. it takes place like like right during that time when, the, when like the galaxy is actually at peace and actually like there's not a lot of you know infighting and stuff like that um it literally opens with a sh- a giant passenger ship um, getting like colliding with something it's not clear what it is but colliding with something in a hyperspace lane and explodes the ship and and so all these bits and pieces of the ship are entering into a system at light speed so it, as soon as it like hits something it atomizes it right away it's just it's been like an intense like four or five chapters already and it's it's super cool um I'm, I'm intrigued, intrigued to see where we go with certain things, but like, just like you, because you know me, I'm a, I'm a very much like a visual like thinker. So like, reading all these all this stuff was very like, oh, I would love to see this on a on a screen. Like, gosh, like it's like that scene from um um, oh geez,
0: Last Not- Jedi,
1: La- Last Jedi, yeah, Last Jedi. Yeah, it's it's like that that scene, the 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 um light speed scene. Yeah, the, like, holdo the scene end, But like on a plant yeah. But on a like a, a system wide like scale, which is just horrifying to think about. But yeah. Anyway, I, I I've been doing way more reading than I am watching these days, but that's just because I can I have more time and I can do it when I'm laying down. I don't know. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> Our first news topic of the day is honestly something that I, i'm just happy one because i think it looks cool but two it feels like validation for josh just because mm. he is like the only person and we have the receipts for it the only person i know that was talking about this movie at the beginning of the year is one of the anticipated movies everyone else i think to their credit more or less just didn't know the movie was coming because unless you're in the turtles fandom i don't think they've done a big job of like advertising it super well um but josh has been super high on this movie for a while and then we get some little snippets here and we get the first trailer for teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem i gotta be honest to me it's perfect and because it's a it's a new installment of a beloved franchise. People are already on the fence about just about everything. Some people hate that the teenage that the teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are young in this. Uh, some people hate how April O'Neil looks in this. Some people hate that Splinter has a jerry curl, which I'm just going. Yeah, dude. Okay, I'll be oh. honest. I don't have any issues with the design but Splinter does look a little weird to me. I'm not going to lie. I I was okay with it. I, was, for some reason, thought that this movie was set in the 90s, to which I'd be okay then if Splinter had a jerry curl if this was in the 90s. still a dated, but whatever. Until one of the thugs makes a Shrek reference, I'm going, well, never mind then. It can't be the 90s. We just have a weird looking Splinter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but besides that, i really really dug this trailer i thought this is something totally different than what we've gotten before with the turtles but yeah it still feels very familiar it feels mm-hmm. like i didn't watch this incarnation of the turtles but it felt like the most recent version that was on nickelodeon i think it was like what rise of the mm-hmm. turtles or yeah. turtles rise something like that um while being a bit like spider-man into the spider-verse while never copying that art style it was Mm -hmm. clearly inspired Mm -hmm. by it but never copying it outright um i know people have already made a big deal about it i personally like that they're teenagers here and they're dumb inexperienced kids that almost kill each other with shurikens i think that's perfect um it also leads to to growth. I think it's more interesting if we grow up with these turtles as opposed to meeting them when they're 17 or 18 because we almost always meet them when they're like just about to be adults because then we can rationalize how they're so good at fighting. I'm going, they're turtles. Do we need to apply rational thought here? And That's my big thing is people try to apply rational thought to this trailer. I'm going, stop it! Yes. These are teenage mutant ninja turtles. (laughs) Their archenemy enemy is named Shredder and Kang. Krang, not Kang. Krang. Jonathan Major's on the mind. Krang. They have fought dinosaurs, mousers. They've been to other planets. They've visited multiverse versions of themselves. I don't think we should care about the minutiae of is this realistic like guys this was never intended to be realistic (laughs) but josh as a fellow diehard turtles fan and someone that has been on board with this since before it was popular hipster turtle josh what do you think of this trailer
1: which ironically i am dressed like unironically addressed as a hipster today with the (laughs) the glasses and everything uh i have been on board with this since the beginning And mostly, oddly enough, because Seth Rogen is producing and and, and writing it and all that, like, he, I I think a lot of people still see him as, this is like such, like, Seth Rogen her behind the scenes has been going through a Robert Pattinson-esque, Pattinson-esque, like, arc, like, him and his his uh production company did you know a good portion of invincible did a good portion of of the boys did like their, his whole series series that he did where it, he plays two different people one from modern times one from american like, pickle wakes up from a yeah wait wakes up from a pickle brian like it is he is to me really really shown that he knows what to do with serious content um and uh, i Gosh, this trailer shows it. Gosh, I love this trailer. I love that they're we're like, hey, they're teenagers. Okay, cool. So 14, 15, maybe. May, may, maybe 15. I, I don't think we're going that old. I think we're like 13, 13, and 14 at this point. Uh, I love that. I think that is uh something that has been sorely missed. I've some of the comments that I've been seeing are like, oh man, I I just I love that they've got teenagers to voice the voice the teenage turtles like they did in the 90s guys, guys they were not voiced in the 90s they were not voiced by by teenagers i would argue that this is probably the first time that we've had actual teenagers voicing the turtles now obviously there's going to be some, there's probably some uh some, <laughs> some big nerd big nerds uh uh who have glasses on some youtube channels uh that will tell me otherwise but like to me i love this i love that they act like teenagers i love that they at no point did i was i like oh i don't know who these people are like no instantly um another complaint i've seen is people like well donnie's voice and mikey's voice should be switched i'm like that does not matter you're a typecasting of voices a, a voice from another. like
0: what a line of dialogue each yeah, yeah
1: exactly which is like I'm so excited for Donnie to have an actual personality that's not just tech boy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he seems like uh, – I think I I need to look into it, but I'm pretty sure that's the same kid that did Dar- Darwin in the, in the Amazing Adventures of Gumball. And if you had not watched that show, you're actually miss, m- missing out. It's pretty good. Um, But, like, I just love that they're giving Donnie an actual personality. Uh, and I love that Mike – like, huh, I just love that they're, like, actual – characters they're not just like archetype after archetype after ar- archetype after archetype it's like they're fully fleshed out like almost i don't I like characters i was gonna say human beings but that's not the case um i've seen the pushback on april's design um first of all shame on you second of second all second of all uh in the yeah, comics you can sit here
0: and be in the comics yeah, i was gonna go there yep
1: I, I, I like it's one of those like and i i, I i'm gonna kind of call out 3c a little bit uh because he was like uh, you know i had a big issue with it i didn't know what they were doing until i saw the comics and i was like i hear you like you're used to seeing one thing and then you have to find a justification for it and just being like well in the original comics she she was a, she was a woman of color so yeah cool but at the same time like that shouldn't matter <laughs> like it is her april's race is literally the least of my worries of any of this it does not define her as a character and act to me it actually makes it more believable and interesting um i yeah well uh, that is such a small detail um i i care more if she has the
0: red hair than what color her skin is which
1: is like so easy to do
0: yeah which you know People seemingly gave a pass to Megan Fox for not having red hair, but we'll jump exactly. on this April. Although, to be fair, I did hear a lot of people criticizing Megan Fox's April, and rightly so, because her April O'Neil sucked, as did Stephen Amell's Casey Jones, which is the worst, one of the worst casting choices yeah. ever. We'll talk about it in a discussion, I'm sure. Um, I will say, did miss seeing Casey Jones in this trailer, but then again, I mm-hmm. don't think Casey's going to be in this movie at all. Um, yeah, I think they're going to save okay that. I think they save Casey and Shredder for the sequel. I don't think Shredder is going to be in this at all, except for most likely a post credit scene because he's yeah oh. for, from
1: it. From everything that it sounds like, uh, at least from a lot of like the descriptions of the what the movie's going to be about and stuff like that, it sounds like Shredder is the one pulling. Like Heyman, Baxter Stockman, uh, they are the ones in the background. Baxter Stockman obviously. See, is I think be- it's Stockman
0: and um, Kristen Wiggs Utron.
1: Well, I mean, I know they are cast is the thing. So I know that they will be the visual representation of our villains in this movie. But I will not be surprised if it's Shredder in the background pulling the strings. Um, I'm so excited for uh, all of these different mutants that we get to dive into. And we're actually going. It. I love that Seth was like, I, just, I could see it like Nick's like, hey, Seth, you want to write us a. Uh, uh a tmnt movie yeah 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 okay cool i'm gonna go with, like deep we're gonna go head first into the weirdest stuff that tmnt does which is all the mutant stuff which is also weirdly enough the most interesting stuff that they do as well so like i'm just excited i love how bebop and rocksteady look i saw a couple of people complain about how they look so pudgy and they're not big and, like they're the dog. a
0: freaking warthog
1: yeah and also they both fill up that room so like it would make it it, i can understand why people were like oh they look so short like "Mm, so like they're short to
0: me they're short because they're super close to the camera that's why they're short um you bring up Rocksteady and Beepop. I think now it's as good of a time in it as any to bring up how spectacularly cast this movie seems to be. You have yeah. Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, Seth Rogen once again calling dibs on any character that it needs to be voiced needs to be voicing a warthog because this is his third warthog now.
1: But also, like he's the perfect voice it really for is. it. So uh,
0: he and John Cena are Rocksteady and Beepop. I'm going okay. If anybody can beat, as much as I don't like the Michael Bay movies, his incarnation of Rocksteady and Bebop, which I thought were one of the highlights of yeah, Out of the absolutely. Shadows. Props to Sheamus. I'm kind of sad we don't see Sheamus in more movies. But at least he passed the baton to another wrestler. Um, you have Juan Carlos Esposito, Grand Moff Gideon as, as Baxter Stockman going... Oh yes please. And Jackie Freaking Chan as Splinter. And you know, unlike my beloved Kung Fu Panda, I think they'll actually utilize Jackie Chan as a voice actor instead of, you know, just giving him two lines per movie and calling it a day so just so he could be on the poster. Um I'm I cannot wait for this movie. I, I'm with you of I think it's cool that we're just immediately jumping into mutants, because a lot of turtle stuff that I've seen seems to think we want to go realistic first and then jump into the weirder stuff later. Dude, again, your franchise is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you want to start realistic first? Uh, Dude, like we oh almost, my gosh. We almost always the, start with like Baxter Stockman and Shredder yeah. and then eventually get to the Ootrams and everything else and um, with Krang. The I'm just like
1: complaining right now about uh, Mikey having braces is hilarious to me. Like, guys, this it's okay like i don't understand why that's a problem like oh well they go to the dentist Like, or just you know donnie figured it out i don't know also you know
0: i and no one's ever asked the question of where do they get the money to order pizza every single day
1: yes oh my gosh (laughs) guys
0: it's turtles throw logic out the window and that's okay every once in a while and that's coming from me who is albeit very much a stickler for verisimilitude as we'll call it uh i just think this trailer is fantastic uh i think josh is vindicated right now and just going okay you had this on your hype list from the get-go i more just completely forgot that it was coming out this year but it has rekindled a love of turtles that every time there's a new incarnation of turtles resurfaces for me i'm just going ah welcome back and i'm just going. Oh, I'm having so many flashbacks right now that we will talk about later in our discussion because oh, yeah, tur- Turtles turtles was but, life for a while for a young Nathan.
1: Before we move on real quick, I'm sorry. No, I, no, you're fine. I do want to touch base on the Jerry Curl splinter. Um, <laughs> first of all, love it. I think it's like, it's one of those things like, again we often don't give splinter a personality outside of the oh he's the 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 wise sensei and at least the 90s movie do try to make him kind of a bit of a goofball and i'm okay with that i'm absolutely okay with that um i would bet money that the jerry curl is is a flashback to when they're uh he's actually first training them so that will not be the permanent look but like You've got a tribe called Quest playing and you're not going to show like you have that shot sitting in your back pocket and you're not going to show that. Like, that's perfect. That's too
0: perfect. (laughs) Well, now we move on to some more depressing, but hardly surprising news. Well, one person isn't surprising. One person I think kind of is, but I think there's some rationale here for it. And that is that Patty Jenkins And Kevin Feige's Star Wars movies both have seemingly been shelved. Those two separate projects now have been shelved over at Lucasfilm. And I'm just going, well, the Patty Jenkins thing, I feel like we talked about Rogue Squadron not too long ago. At least at that stage when we first talked about it, it was Patty Jenkins' Rogue One, oh, Rogue Squadron has been delayed, but it could still possibly happen. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is totally still happening, guys. Don't worry about it. Um But no, that seems like it's been shelved, and Kevin Feige's Star Wars project that he was producing has also seemingly been shelved. I'm more surprised with the Kevin Feige thing, but at the same time, I'm not, and here's why. I think Kevin Feige realizes that his talents are being stretched too thin, Mm -hmm. and he needs to put all of his attention back on marvel and focus especially after how phase four is received especially how ant-man and lost quantum mania is being received i think he's getting a kind of a rude wake-up call of no no you can't put the car in cruise control anymore you got to put the hands on the wheel and actually pay attention while you're driving you're in a rough part of town right now um so i think he might need to fully divert his attention but also i both of these projects i never fully got invested in just because Lucasfilm's Picasso project left, right, and center. So, until we actually got concrete news on it, I didn't believe either were actually happening. Now, people are all up in arms because supposedly the Taika uh, Waititi-directed Star Wars movie is still moving forward with a target of December 2025, and people are surprised slash mad about this, but apparently Taika Waititi's probably going to cast himself in the movie, to which I'm just going, y'all... Yeah, he does that for every movie. But here's the thing. People just reading the headlines of um, Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie still happening, looking to cast himself, seem to think that Taika is going to cast himself in a prominent position.
1: Yeah. Every
0: no. single Taika Waititi movie that he <laughs> is in is like a cameo role. I think the the biggest part, bit part that he was ever in was what we do in the shadows. And even then... That's like a balance of everyone else, but
1: Uh, well, I could make the argument though. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm supporting your argument here, but like Jojo rabbit, he is technically a main character.
0: He is, but he's not the main character. And you could also make the case that he's not jo- actually Jo-jo-jo-jo-jo. a character. If you want to go down that path, that's, a, that's <laughs> all <a whole>, that. <laughs> separate. Like Taika, it's not like, um, it's not like a Clint Eastwood. Uh, directing himself as the lead actor. Yeah. Taika Ter- um, Waititi does his, himself as bit parts. Great bit parts. Always kind of the same type of bit part. Um, but I, I don't think that's anything to make a big deal out of. I am i don't think that movie though is coming out in 2025. At all. No, it just seems not. like considering that they're still working on it, that's going to be delayed. Uh, my last thought on this before we move on to other Star Wars related things than the timing of this is people are just so upset that this is the one that's staying. They're just like, Patty Jenkins' movies get scrapped, and Kevin Feige's movie gets scrapped, but the guy that did Thor Love and Thunder still gets a Star Wars movie, and guy going, guys, very few people hate Thor Love and Thunder as much as I do. It is my least favorite movie in the MCU by a wide margin. That being said... I still want a Taika Wachita Star Wars movie, and here's why. Everybody has a bad day at the office, and I hate this fan mentality of what have you done for me lately, just because his last movie was terrible doesn't mean he doesn't have other good stuff in his repertoire, like Josh brought up Jojo Rabbit is great, y'all love Thor Ragnarok, you just seem to forget about that after Love and Thunder, or... Hunt for the Wilder People is supremely Mm. underrated. Uh, So good. What We Do in the Shadows is still one of my favorite comedies of all time. I just think Taika Waititi had too much creative freedom on this one, and he was trying to go way too much on something. He's still a talented director. Now, getting back to the Lucasfilm news at hand here. I don't think Lucasfilm wanted this news to come out now. And here's why. Star Wars Celebration is at the beginning of next month. And I think there's gonna be this like question in the air of going, well, we don't really have anything coming, do we? Like now the pressure is on for celebration of, okay, you've got to announce stuff. What what is your game plan here? Do you have a game plan? And right now, I don't know if Star Wars does have a game plan. I could be wrong. For all we know, they could march Dave Filoni and John Favreau out on the stage of celebration saying. We're taking over, guys! NWO is here! They're going to take over the world of Star Wars permanently. Movies and TV will now be a crossover thing, just like the MCU, just like the DCU is doing. And we're going to have Dave Filoni and John Favreau head everything up. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think this could also be them just scrapping any Kathleen Kennedy projects and then starting fresh over when, you know... She leaves before the end of the year. I'm still putting that on record, but, um, yeah, we have two more Star Wars projects that have been shelved. Josh, what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, it, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I think both of us are not surprised at all about the Patty Jenkins one. Um, the Kevin Feige one, I think makes sense. Um, you can't, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, Kevin, you're, Phase Four has not been well received. For it's kind of hard to point. I mean, it is easy to point fingers, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint certain things. Which side note on the Taika thing? It's interesting that just because um, the Thor: Love and Thunder was bad, we blame Taika, but we don't do that with any of the other directors for the other movies. So, like, I it's not like I came to Sam Sam uh, Raimi and was like, yo. Like, what happened, dude? Like, Multiverse was really bad. Like, what what was that? Um, So, it's just interesting. But fans
0: fans definitely did to Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman 1984, but now they're back on her side just because she got a star. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, But no, the Kevin Feige thing makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, They need to get a handle on what's going on because... Uh, I, I think you maybe you shared it on Twitter, or I saw it, or something like that. But there was an article floating around about how there is not, there is no such thing as uh, comic book movie fatigue. It is only when you make really bad comic book movies that peep that you start to get nervous. It is not a fatigue is not a thing. We want to see good movies, and honestly. <sighs> phase 4 had some some pretty good stuff and but it's interesting that like you know that what is considered good will change from person to person i mean i know people that love she hulk and i couldn't watch more than two episodes of it um so it's it, it, you know they're not making content for for everyone now i think and that's also okay but at the same time um your movies are not doing well and if you're going to continue with this universe that you've got planned then yeah you might want to slow down pump the brakes you know pull over to the road to take a piss do get there, everything change moody, your tire like, yeah do, get, get re- recalibrated here because you know go into the to the gas station get yourself a monster and then get back on the road and get going because i i think that Marvel, I don't I will not, I'm not going to be one of those doomsayers. I'm not going to be one of those people that are like, "Oh, Marvel's in a lot of trouble." But like at the same time, like I I think after the movies of phase 4, I I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel's on a lot of like they they're heading in the direction of actually having some some pretty big issues. Uh but that being said, I think all that to just say, and to me, the Kevin Feige thing makes sense. Absolutely, he needs he. It's too he 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 can't dive into something that is as complex and um, narratively tough as the multiverse and just get to go hop over here and do a Star Wars movie. Like, I, unfortunately, you can't do that. Um, I the uh, Twitter always has you know been my. My thing for like oh that's a good point yeah, yeah 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 it's like you know kevin's really unfortunately he but doing a multiverse thing is complicated because you can't you can yes you can go anywhere and see anybody but like you can also go anywhere and see anybody yeah at any time so it kind of it starts to make death feel less permanent, more less permanent than it already feels in the universe. Um, but yeah, no, I, the Patty Jenkson, Jenkins and Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie is getting scrapped. It makes sense. I, I'm not surprised by it. Um, I'm trying to remember, and maybe you can remind me here, um, of what Star Wars actually has come, coming out here soon because Mandalorian's happening. All thing I
0: think I know is TV stuff Nothing movie related because he had that the one that's really falling by the wayside is um that John Watts Star Wars thing with Jude Law of like with a whole bunch of like it was supposed to be like a kid show or whatever. Uh that's supposed to be coming out. You got Ahsoka, you've got the Acolyte, but these are all Disney plus shows. And I think ever since Rise of Skywalker, I think Disney had expansive plans for stories and adventures post Rise of Skywalker, post mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy and then the sequel trilogy actually happened without a proper plan they just go well, balls now what do we do? And I think ever since Rise of Skywalker they've just been like, well, crap um what do we do now? And I think they've finally come to the realization of, okay scrap everything, start small, start simple, start over and I think that's essentially what they're doing here with the TV, but um well, we're not going to delve too much into spoilers for Bando, but I think Filoni and Favro have a plan that's just going to start on the small screen first, but mm-hmm. they, there's a certain blue antagonist to Star Wars that I can see being an overriding threat to multiple shows, and I can see Filoni yes. and Favreau kind of, I don't want to say retconning the events of the sequel trilogy, but... Giving fans kind of what they're hoping for with the sequel trilogy of characters that they're familiar with, tone that they're familiar with, and just more familiarity. Not retreading things or just recycling old characters, but something that's closer in the spirit of the Star Wars that people know and love. Something closer to Force Awakens. We all want to bash on the sequel trilogy as a whole now, Mm -hmm. but not enough people give Force Awakens credit because Force Awakens is still good and still holds up. It's the rest of the trilogy that completely crumbles and falls. I think Lucasfilm has just come to the realization of, okay, we got to stop announcing crap. We need to formulate a plan and figure out, we need to just back burner the movies for a while, figure out what we're doing with TV, and just makes me really curious what we're going to get at Star Wars Celebration this year because, like D23 last year, you better announce something or you're in big, big trouble. Next up for movie news. Again, I'm not going to say it's very surprising, but it's still good news nonetheless, and that is that John Bernthal is returning as the Punisher in Daredevil Born Again and the world cried out in joy together. Now the big question is like Daredevil itself and like Kingpin showing up on Hawkeye. Is this the same version that we got before, or are we going to multiverse this?
1: (laughs) I'm not even going to let you entertain it, no.
0: I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think Kevin Feige, (laughs) loving the multiverse as much as he does, I think that's how he's going to, quote unquote, cleverly explain away how all the Netflix characters, except for Finn... As Iron Fist have all come back into the MCU just slightly different than we know and slightly PG 13 year than we knew before. Um, gosh,
1: yeah, especially that that kingpin appearance.
0: Yeah, that kingpin appearance didn't do the character any favors, but I have maintained ever since, um, ever since the characters left Netflix, I'm going, okay, all these people very much could show up in the MCU someday. They'll probably just be slightly different than what they were before. Except Finn Jones. Is it Finn Jones? I don't even care at this point. He sucks so much. Uh, whoever played Iron Fist, Kevin Feige's not stupid. Kevin Feige will recast Iron Fist. But everyone else will be brought back. But apparently not everybody, as certain characters from Daredevil, uh, the Netflix show, Aren't coming back for this series. So whether they're just going to be excluded from the series entirely. Or whether they're going to be recast is unclear. Uh, But we get John Bernthal back. We can't expect it to be the same hard R rated Punisher. But to me talent will always translate. So no matter what they're doing with the character. I'm excited because John Bernthal is an immense talent to add to your roster. So no matter what you give him. I'll be excited because I know he's going to perform and he was so perfectly cast as the Punisher that even if he's not busting open kneecaps this time around, I still will completely buy him as the Punisher. But silver lining of hope here before I hand over to Josh, we know Deadpool 3 is going to be rated R, so it could potentially slightly crack open the door for other R-rated projects in the MCU. They might be incredibly limited. But like it could it might just end up being like Deadpool, Punisher, Blade. Uh, See, I don't even think Blade will be rated R, but maybe a handful of R-rated stuff. But John, (laughs) Josh, as the John, I called you John. Yeah, we'll go with that. Josh is going to take that. Josh will take that to the bank. So, John, now that you're back in the MCU, Josh, as the diehard John Burnthal fan that you are, thoughts? I Oh boy.
1: Fine? Yeah, okay. Cool. Uh I'm fine with it. I think I kind unfortunately kind of like Kingpin if they if you're not going to bring that version back, I kind of don't want it. Um I love the Kingpin from the from the Netflix um Daredevil show and I wish that is the the Kingpin that we got in Hawkeye and it wasn't. Not only was it not, it wasn't even close. Um, there were several things several things that um, she did to him that, like, why are you taking that, dude? I've literally seen you smack somebody's head up through a wall. Like, why are you taking that? Like, stop it. Uh, and I'm just really worried that th- I'm going to get that feeling with this. Um, I punisher admittedly is a little easier to do on screen um he's not supposed He he's not this like hyper big like weirdly not super powered but oddly super strong thing like kingpin is um i can see the punisher fitting a lot better into this world um that being said i can see him like having going, you know, butting heads a lot with with uh, our new Captain Fa- our Captain
0: America. Um, Maybe actually butting uh, heads with him.
1: Yeah, like quite literally, uh, both metaphorically and physically. Um, I can see. Uh, I, I think I can see the Punisher's place in this this MCU a lot better, a lot easier than I can um, with Kingpin. Um, I'm just like imagining now that we have an actual like new york spider-man seeing how tom holland's going to interact with john um that is going to be super cool and super interesting i think there is definitely a pg version of the punisher that can work but um no, but bringing back the same guy that did the the basically na version of, of punisher i i just don't know if that Is the right call as much as I love John and as much as I love the his version of Frank Castle? Um, I I just don't know if it's the right call,
0: yeah. I'm still excited. I just,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: We just got to look at the how the other Netflix characters have been used so well, and it's so spotty because Mm -hmm. Kingpin essentially was just brought in to job to Kate Bishop, like which is terrible, like how Superman. Was used on Supergirl, but thankfully they remedied that for Superman and Lois. Uh He was just a jobber, really. He he wasn't that big or intimidating. But then you get, like, Matt Murdock's Daredevil, who was great in No Way Home. And I know some people had some issues with how he showed up in She-Hulk. When he's Daredevil, he's perfect. And the Matt Murdock mm-hmm. stuff, whether you like it or not, it's not that far off from how he's portrayed in the comics. Like, yeah, okay. comics... Comics can be a little weird, and I think that, whether you liked it or not, it fit for those characters' history. So, how we see Punisher, I'm hoping he's not just there to, like, job out to somebody else a la Kingpin. Um,
1: Yeah, that's, I think, what I'm worried about.
0: Marvel keeps, like, teasing these, like, darker characters, like Punisher and Blade and Daredevil. Whether they actually will do anything, I'm not sure. Or if we just get, like a darker MCU, like the corner of it at some point. I don't know if they'll ever go with that. We're just getting so many characters and I don't know how they're going to play into the larger picture. It yeah. just, you brought it up earlier with the multiverse stuff. i it just, it's the web might be getting a little too convoluted for its own good, but Hey, nice to see Punisher's coming back for daredevil. Um, yeah. never a bad idea. Always super cool. Now, it's super trendy right now to just look at video games and just go, all right, what can we adapt? However, this one I totally can see and totally agree with. Now, a <laughs> while ago, uh, we found out that Blumhouse is teaming up with James Wan's Atomic Monster to basically, like, become its own, like, separate entity. Heh. <laughs> entity. You see what I did there? Um Right and they are going to be doing their own horror movies. Well, sounds like one of the first projects they're going to be doing is an adaptation of the iconic horror game Dead by Daylight. And this, oh, this just makes me happy. Dead by Daylight isn't one of my like favorite games, but I do thoroughly enjoy playing it. It's one of those games that's like, always on my system, whether I play it or not, it's always downloaded and ready to go. Uh, so for those that are unaware, Dead by Daylight is a survival horror game, in which case you are either playing as one of four survivors on a team or one of the killers. If you're the killer, easy enough, hunt down and kill the four survivors before they have time to escape. If you're one of the survivors, you're trying to either start up a generator or find a trapdoor door in the map to escape. Your whole job is to escape and not be caught and strung up on a big old hook because the monsters are trying to basically kill you, not not for their purposes, but for a larger purpose. There's like this thing called the entity that they're serving. I am so on board with this. Uh, I will say though, right off the bat, when they make this movie, it's not going to be a four-on-one situation here because three kills maybe four if you want to kill everyone it's not that exciting you need to kill a lot of people and also i don't think you're gonna get just one killer that's kind of the fun of dead by daylight is over the years because this game has been going on forever and is a model of a healthy live service game as opposed to something else where that was hey we'll drip feed you content over the next three to four years we don't really know what that content's going to be yet but dead by daylight still has a strong and fostering community it's great um They have introduced so many killers over the years, whether it was original or IP characters. I know people want IP characters like a Michael Myers, like a Ghostface, like a Freddy, like a Leatherface. Scrap all of those. That is not happening. But thankfully, all the original characters, all the original characters could still work. There's clever and original creature design, so the monsters have their own unique skill sets. I think this could be a really, really cool idea. It's just, what's, Josh is going to hate me for this. What's the hook here? What's, what's, boo. what's, somebody boo this man. <laughs> what's going to capture the minds of the general population here? What's going to get them interested in this story? Is it, oh, look, spoopy monster, or I don't think the general population has heard of dead by daylight enough to care. That being said, I don't care about the general population. I want this movie. So, <laughs> yeah. Josh, as someone that's played Dead by day a little bit, we need to hop on it again sometime. Uh, are you excited for this, or you think it's um, weird?
1: I, I'm i not necessarily excited, but I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see how they go about this. Because, uh, like you, I'm very much like okay, cool. So what's, what's the catch? Like, what's the story here? Are are you going to seriously sit us down in the the theater and go, all right. So these guys, these killers are trying to, you know, sacrifice humans. Uh, And. Oh, Ooh. Okay. There's my pitch. All right. Um, We get a purge esque style uh, where it takes over the course of a day you have mm, i I don't know maybe pick three or four of the killers and uh they are going to go through the city um and that of course like the purge while there's a lot of people and there's a lot of stuff happening in the city we focus on a group of four a group of of like four or five and so that i mean like
0: so it is like or we just have to survive to daylight or we can have like two or three groups of four yeah. that way we can still get our groupings and then each being hunted by a different monster in different locations to keep it fresh like different places on a map but i don't mind mm-hmm. the city idea and naturally yeah. obviously the person that's like summoning these monsters has to be one of the first people to die because things got out of control
1: yes uh, i think what will be interesting will be if because in the games you can't like you can't kill the monster killers like that's not a thing you can do um and that's kind of not interesting from a movie narrative standpoint um they've you've got to be able to win somehow uh so uh, maybe it is maybe it's daylight maybe the person that summons these monsters they can only be around for one night and you know of course of you know one evening or something like that and you know daylight is the thing that that when daylight happens they go back so there's like a time limit kind of thing i don't i don't know it it, there's it's definitely intriguing um like kind of like how uh they're doing a fnaf movie right now is is in production um cool i would love the idea of adapting games i just don't know how you're going to get the same experience from the game into the movie i mean the last of us has shown that you can do that but like some of these like, are multiplayer games, so you're, there, there's some experiences you, that people have with these games that are not possible for everybody ac- across the board.
0: Yeah, you can't just put in a movie you just yelling and swearing at your teammates that are letting you die so they can escape. Correct. <laughs> Last up for news this week, we have yet another adaptation, this time a remake Robert Eggers Nosferatu, that thing besides Ninja Turtles that Josh has invested his entire life into. Uh, But thankfully, it seems like Josh will be rewarded with a stellar cast. And yes, we will talk about every single bit of casting news when it comes to this movie, if it warrants it. And in this case, I think it does, because it seems like we've rounded out the cast for Robert Eggers Nosferatu with Aaron Taylor Johnson. And I'm going, Okay. this is a few months ago. I'll be honest, I would not be that excited. Mm -hmm. But given that it is now March of 2023, I am very excited by this. Uh, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson is definitely winning me over as an actor, and Mm -hmm. I still firmly believe that he will be our next James Bond. I'm very much in that camp now. Uh, Bullet Train was so entertaining, and he was so good in it that... I think he kind of redeemed himself in my eyes for godzilla which and albeit was not his fault all the human characters kind of sucked yeah, in that movie yeah uh while i haven't been as excited for it as josh is i have wanted a nosferatu remake for a really long time because i like old school spoopy gothic horror and that is nosferatu to a t like i've seen the original a few times it's pretty good I've seen the Werner Herzog one. It gets that gothic atmosphere perfectly. But looking at the rest of this cast, I've just been so excited for the cast, but also what Robert Eggers will bring to the table. Because, as we mentioned before on the podcast, Robert Eggers very much does his homework when it comes to atmosphere and style and aesthetic of whatever time period is being represented. So like the Vavitch is very much set in that old Americana and the dialogue is very much for it, whether you like that or not. The lighthouse is weird as hell. And, but it's, (laughs) it's a Robert Eggers movie. Um, so I've been so excited to see what he brings to the table for a Nosferatu movie. I kind of hope he does it like he does for the lighthouse of it's a box frame and everything feels much more claustrophobic.
1: Oh, I can see him doing it too. And uh, and I can, om- I would almost guarantee he's going to do it in black and white.
0: I need it to like, be in black and white.
1: Like I, I don't, I don't see him doing this, not in black and white at all. Uh, I, 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 I need it to you, be in black uh,
0: and white actually.
1: Yeah. Like, Uh, I'm with you though I think if we would have, if you would have told me this in December I would have laughed at you and said that's a terrible idea but now bullet train is a thing and now Aaron Taylor Johnson is uh, admittedly a pretty interesting person to, to watch on screen um it sounds like his personal life is starting to uh, uh get better um from certain ex- certain uh people not ho- ho- holding him back anymore uh so we'll, we'll see what happens man i'm really excited to see where he goes i think he can he ha- he is incredibly talented i mean he's a handsome dude whether you like him or not um and he's he definitely has this like I want to say aura or like gravitas to him. Um, it might be pushing it a little bit, but like he definitely has like a, like a certain vibe to him that I, I don't think that some actors bring with, with them. Um, kind of like, like, uh, oh my goodness. Um, he's also in bullet train, blonde hair, main character. Brad, Brad Pitt? Pitt. Oh my gosh. I'm ha- I'm, I've am been having a bad brain day. So it's, it's okay. Uh, but like Brad Pitt, like, he de- he definitely he bring he also brings a certain kind of like oh oh Brad Pitt's gonna do this oh that'll be interesting I kind of already know what I'm gonna get but like I'm he's gonna be entertaining no matter what so I, I'm excited I mean yes it's a Robert Robert Eggers Nosferatu movie something that you told me would never happen um which is why I'm so hyped about it
0: I said it because Robert Eggers himself said it <laughs> I, Robert I Eggers himself <laughs> was just like I don't think it's gonna happen man but I
1: know but. Screw <laughs> what I
0: Also, what I like is Aaron Taylor Johnson, I believe, could play both good or bad. I, I lean towards yes. good here, but I think he could play either good or bad. We already know Bill Skarsgård is playing Nosferatu. Uh, you got Willem Dafoe as probably just Willem Dafoe. Uh, so it's been a while <laughs> since I've seen Nosferatu, but I know it's basically just a Dracula ripoff. In Dracula, yeah. you've got the three core characters of Dracula, Jonathan Harker, and Mina. I think it's I think it's Mina. It's been a while. Um, and it creates that love triangle. I could absolutely see Aaron Taylor Johnson being a Jonathan Harker type character. Um, and Lily Rose Depp being the Mina character. Because we already got Bill Skarsgård being Nosferatu. Um, I'm... I'm just really, really excited for this movie. This is definitely one of those like we've been following this long enough. This is probably one of my most anticipated ever, just because of the potential and how creepy and gothic it could be. Um, yeah. And also, I do want this to be in black and white. But how cool would it be if the whole movie is in black and white, except anytime there's blood is bright red that just Jeez. pops like uh, like Sin uh. City.
1: Which is like I can. If anybody was gonna do it, I can see it being Robert Eggers. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about it. So, like, I'm excited about it. Why not? I, give me, give me a teaser already, please.
0: <laughs> Before we get in our main discussion, you know the drill. Go to the Uncharted Media shop at Tea Public. Support the show. Get your Tea Public shirts, mugs, hoodies, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo on it or our other fantastic designs, titfoil hat theory shirts, whatever you want. And also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube, share it with your fellow film fans now. I don't know how long this discussion will be, but it won't be a short one, so buckle in, because it's turtle time, guys. Cowabunga. I don't think you understand. I have been excited for this for the past few days, ever since I pitched this idea to Josh over the weekend. I'm just going, dude, with the turtles trailer, you want to talk turtles? And no, not like master of disguise of turtley enough for the Turtle turtle club. And yes, only like five people that listen to this podcast will understand a master of disguise reference. But that's where we're at because like I said earlier, Whenever there's a new Turtles anything, I get this like big wave of excitement and nostalgia for the Ninja Turtles. Like I remember when the first Michael Bay one was coming out and going, oh, Yay, turtles are back. And then I saw the movie and going, No, turtles, go back. Um But it so I have a long history with the turtles. I just I haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Don't really talk about it as much as other fandoms, and I think it's just because other fandoms I have kept up with. I still watch all the Marvel stuff. I still watch all the DC stuff. I still read comics from DC from time to time. Mm -hmm. Turtles, I never actually really followed the comics. I think that's more of Josh's department. But for a good stretch of time there, I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. It all coincided with the 2000s TV series, not the 80s one. However, I was still somewhat familiar with it. So, um... Before I go into my whole, like, turtle history, Josh, what is your earliest memory of the Ninja Turtles? How did you get introduced to them?
1: I introduced myself okay. into them. Uh, we, uh... <laughs> this will tell you a lot about me as a kid. Uh, so, we we used to go to the library, like, a lot. So, we'd go to the library for, like, books. I mean, it was also the place I first got introduced to, like, manga and comic books was there as well. Um, but... The thing was, for better or for worse, my mom would let us. We had our own library cards. She would let me, like, we you know, walk in the door and we had free reign. You go, go find some. You know, you for the pizza Pizza Hut Club, you had to have. this Oh many books yeah, out. yeah, yeah. So I'll make sure you get these these books. Um, and if you see a movie, bring it to me, and I'll, I'll 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 double check it, and you know, then we'll you can you know check it out or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, went and got whatever red wall book I was reading at the time. Or ah, there's like shocker. there was some like uh there was some I there still to this day, I don't know what this book was called, but I loved it. It was like like some something about like a Griffin War, which was like super cool. Anyway, um the sometime during during that period where I went was a regular at the the Harris County Library, uh the I, I, I saw a a vhs <laughs> of the the first 90s t- t- tmnt movie and i was like this looks super cool oh it's got ninja stuff i love ninja stuff i'm not w- supposed to watch violent stuff though um i was not like i was not like, my mom my parents knew about like uh, power rangers and stuff like that and like th- I-, I knew i was not supposed who has to crossed
0: it. over with the turtles before
1: correct and their current crossover is chef's kiss uh even if it is weird to see the turtles as human, um, the, the, the so what I did was I took the took the VHS and didn't check with my mom and just checked it out. And then like we had a, uh, a TV upstairs that had a VHS player built into it. So I was just like my mom t- taught piano during the day. So I would just like pop it in and like watch it all the way through. And then her payment lesson would, would end and I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Oh, thank the ghost of my room. Oh, well, I guess I'll check that out. Check that back in in about a week. Until like that went on for like three days or whatever. i watched it like once a day for like three days. Uh, and she, her piano lesson like ended early and I didn't know. And she came upstairs and was like, what is this? What are you watching? You know, you're not supposed to watch stuff like this. <laughs> so that was my first interaction with the turtles.
0: But, to remedy like, that, they- you just watched the second one instead when, in which case there's Correct. no violence whatsoever because too many people <laughs> like your mom complained about it
1: I, I actually didn't even know that the other two existed until like college um because like i just didn't like i i read the like i saw the movie found out there were comics and re- re- went for the comics cuz those were easy like more easily accessible to me and then also i could hide those easier <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah like it just sounds, sounds dirty when you say it
0: like that yeah,
1: i agree and then of course like there was you know the the, the 2000s um tv show which
0: the greatest thing is, of like, all time bad,
1: to, to me still one of the the best Teenage Mutant Ninja turtle show um <laughs> yeah now I mean, that's my first interactions my first memories with that what about you
0: so this is gonna be like Weird rabbit hole here, and I don't know why I still remember it, but and I still to this day don't know how we actually got this thing. But I remember, um, I somehow got a random DVD in the mail one time for, um, it's like Fox (laughs) Kids or something like that. And so Uh, it was like this DVD that had like maybe five or ten minutes of every. TV show that would be on that Saturday. So it had like a little snippet of like Sonic X. It had a little bit of Ninja oh, Turtles.
1: Sonic X, let's go, baby. And so it gave you like a little
0: <laughs> teaser of all these shows. And every time, like they would like dub over part of the scene and be like, enter this code online and you get more information about the show or whatever else. So it was especially nice. a DVD advertising Saturday morning cartoons. And I still to this day don't know how he got it. But the Ninja Turtles section was better than anything else, um, and it was this section of like some of the turtles talking, and then all of a sudden, um, Leonardo being thrown violently through a window out of nowhere, and he's—I didn't know it at the time—but he's badly dubbed over, going, "The Shredder was looking for the code. The code is whatever, 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 and you're supposed to type that into a website sometime later." It's, like it's from the actual this
1: season. That's like the season finale, like wait, the first season finale when he gets thrown through the window. Not quite.
0: The first season finale is when they storm the castle.
1: Well, after they get Leo back.
0: Yeah. Guess, right? Um, And so I was just like, whoa, that's so cool. I need to go check out this Saturday. And it was not connected to that episode whatsoever, so I was uber <laughs> lost. But from that point forward, I was watching that 2000s Ninja Turtles just hooked every single week. And I'd watch like Sonic and some of the other shows that were advertised on this DVD, and I still have no idea how i got that dvd or what the point of the advertising was or why companies are just sending out dvds to advertise that cartoons uh but i watched uh, that and then could I, you
1: imagine if companies did that now like, kids would be
0: like what's a dvd
1: oh i mean there's that but also like parents are like what's why are you sending my kid amazing the amazing world of gumball or like clarence or uncle grandpa uh, like oh god
0: so i get it um and I watched that two thousands Ninja Turtles all the time. And it's still to me I know people are biased that grew up with like the eighties version of the Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja. The Two Thousands one hit so hard of Teenage oh, Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Oh and then better yet.
1: You're
0: well, oh, I had gosh, the Game Boy Advance so version, and every time you booted up the game on Game Boy Advance and do like the little like eight-bit version of that intro, I'm like, oh, it's so perfect. Um, but I watched every single week. And so I kind of became a big Turtles fan and I'm going, okay, what else could I watch with the Turtles stuff? Uh my grandma got me season five of the 80s version in like this weird yes. box set, and I'm just going, first of all. The fact that it was like season five it was like a like random hodgepodge of episodes from one of the later seasons i'm going this is not different good. this is fine yeah. um uh, but yeah the 80s one never really connected with me but the movies i watched on repeat so yes. much and also i didn't realize this until i was an adult i don't want say broken but how cheap that first one is of like, yeah. there are so many glaring problems that don't ruin the movie, but like you can see the puppeteer's faces on numerous occasions. You can see people yeah. in the background it's of why, shots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's why there's not an HD
0: remake. Of I want a 4K. Actually, there is an HD. There's not a 4K oh, version. Oh, right, I want 4K a 4K version, whatever. please. But like, um, no, that would be horrifying. The amount of stuff that you would see is not, not,
1: that's uh, not okay. <laughs> but
0: the first one, Screw the other ones. But we'll, we'll actually go through all the Turtle movies here in a little bit. But that first one is one of those times that you rewatch a movie that you loved as a child and it still holds up and actually gets better as an adult. That first one is so good. Um, but I remember watching that to death and I could still quote it to this day. Um, but I was a big fan of the 2000s show. And so... Some of you probably have pieced together by now. If I'm a fan of something, I will go all out for said thing. So
1: what? S- no way.
0: Story this is time. News
1: to me. Story time. <laughs> story time. Um
0: <laughs> I was still living in Pennsylvania at the time, and so for my birthday, one of our neighbors um we were friends with, they didn't have any kids of their own, so they would get birthday stuff for uh for me every once in a while. I got literally every toy in the Ninja Turtles line that year for my birthday. Literally everything. All four turtles. Shredder. Foot Soldier. The Truck. The Fortress. Uh the speeder bike that the foot clan hop onto the samurai oh, so
1: cool.
0: oh yeah that with the little is. razor fins on the side and so apparently my neighbors didn't tell my mom and dad that and they had already bought all that stuff so they had to go back and return all of it uh, i got ninja turtles playing cards that year um I also question to this day why Casey Jones's hair is blue in the earlier seasons. It's not black. It's blue. It's not even like an anime style blue. It's just like a shading that I always thought was bizarre.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be one of those like we want to give him black hair, but we want to be able to show movement. So let's go with a dark blue.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I oh those original turtles and especially that two thousands one. I remember there's certain memories that I remember tv-wise watching with my dad i remember watching Yu-Gi-Oh every saturday but i remember how big of a deal that first season finale was because other animated shows like justice league did episodes in sections like they would do like a three episode arc on justice league that didn't happen yeah. as much for ninja turtles so we're getting to the finale and they're going we're gonna break into splinter's headquarters and beat him once and for all and so We're getting close to the end of that first episode. I'm going, man, they're still on the first floor. How? We've got a lot of ground to cover in the next five minutes of this episode. And then they escape some of the Foot Clan. No, they're about to fight the Foot Clan. They beat them. And all of a sudden, invisible Foot Clan come out of nowhere. And I'm going, what the heck's happening? And it just says, to be continued. I'm going holy crap, we got a cliffhanger! And then they had the balls yeah. to do it two more times! Because then the next one, the ne- the cliffhanger for the next episode is when you meet the clone Shredders, which is apparently like an actual storyline yes. from the comics. And it's going,
1: what? It's, it's terrifying.
0: And then the ending of like the third episode was like Baxter Stockman showing up in a big huge mech suit, and then the big final rematch, Leo versus Shredder, where Leo... Chops off Shredder's head, and then honestly, one of the most badass moments in television history. The Turtles walk away. They celebrate. You see Shredder stand up, pick his head up, and walk away through the fire. I'm just going.
1: What That's, it was, dude. I remember watching that as a kid, going like, "What? What? 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 What?" And then we don't deal with it for like another season. Like we don't even come back to Earth for another season it's so good that that first show the i mean i i think i i did a rewatch of the first season recently actually uh and it 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 still got me as an adult like oh 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 no that's me no i mean oh luckily i could just be like <laughs> next episode thank you but like as a as a kid like that hit me so hard um i have a for whatever reason a vivid memory of like my dad overhearing some of some of the dialogue and like raf was like shell yeah and he was like you're not watching that show anymore i was like well, but dad!
0: <laughs> and now josh oh, still so, says some of that vernacular to this day
1: oh uh, yeah uh, anyway <laughs> um i'm curious how that late 2010s movie hit you or early 2010s. 2007 actually.
0: 2007 oh, so here, the, what, here's yeah. what we'll do is we'll go through all the movies because I guarantee you, we've seen all of them, whether we wanted to or not. <laughs> For better or worse. So we'll start with the 90s one. We'll start with the, yeah. the best Ninja Turtles movie ever made. And Josh is insisting until this new one comes out, in which case that'll be even better. I don't I, know.
1: Actually, I think I'm going to fight you on that one.
0: Really? You think yes. the 2007 one?
1: I, I honestly do. I, all right, we'll, we'll
0: get there. We'll get there. Um, But the original 90s one, the one that started it all... For a while there, it was actually the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Um, Doesn't surprise me. It is so good, but it's so... I can't even imagine because I just don't remember a time that I don't remember this movie. I can't imagine being a Turtles fan of like the 80s version of the characters and then seeing the 90s movie because they're so radically different. And the 90s one, I think, finds this perfect balance of the 80s cartoon and the original dark comic because the original comic is pretty violent and dark, but they find this like happy medium of Mm -hmm.
1: No I'm sorry. I I think it was you who sent me the video of the guy breaking down like all the script changes that they had to do because the original um plot was way darker than than it was than what the product that we got.
0: Yeah. So I think they find this happy medium of like there's some dumb Mm -hmm. stupid like childish humor. But at the same time, like for a movie with not a lot of budget and not a huge name director attached to it, it is a very well-made cinematic movie in terms of like its use of shadows, its lighting is very moody and gothic and very noir driven. Like it feels much more mature than it actually is. It does feel like a dark story In a very crime-infested world. I'm going to say this. And it's going to sound weird. But I could see the crow existing in this world. With how, like, this universe is presented. Of, like, it's gross and it's grimy. It kind of has a crow vibe to it. Just uh, not quite as dark. But there's still some levity to it. And I think everyone's so perfectly cast. Like, April is perfect casey jones you will never get a better casey jones i'm sorry no, chris, he was perfect was it chris evans in the 2007 movie he sucked i'm sorry we've not had he a good fine. we have not had a good casey jones since the original movie um he was so perfect the relationship between him and Raph was great the relationship with him between him and april was even better shredder has never been well never been more intimidating the 2000s tv show was pretty intimidating shredder yeah. was perfect um i have rewatched the 90s one so much and i can just quote you the mm-hmm. whole thing it does the turtles justice but it's got a surprising amount of heart uh you still get that great line from splinter all fathers care for their sons and you're just like oh you actually had this really good storyline going here with ginger danny here and his cop dad um yeah i it's just so good i need to re-watch it again just because it's been a while and i it was one of my favorite movies is kid and it still holds up i think um i think wasn't the 90s one the first time that the turtles themselves looked different in terms of their facial and structural sizes because the 80s cartoon Uh-oh. the 80s cartoon you could basically just yeah. Desaturate everything, and you couldn't tell the turtles apart. This one, they look different, which would be a trend going forward. Now, of you can tell, yes. you can clearly tell which one is Raph, which one is Mikey, which one's Donnie, which one's Leo. Oh, also, um, before I toss it over to you, Josh, I forgot we haven't established this from the get-go. Who's your favorite turtle, Slush? Who's the best turtle?
1: Look, man, I love Raph. I, but that's. I think part of that is because he's such a. Uh, just hear me out okay he because he's such a central part of the 90s the 90s movie that's the one i attached to the most and i think for a long time uh up until probably uh this last Ronin run um he's really the only one that has any significant like really traumatic like emotional growth um even like leo is uh, as much as you know the people that love leo like his arc in the 2000s in the show is like, I want to be a better le- leader and I've got to be better at it. Uh, and then he just gets beat up and he's like, oh, i got to be better. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas like Raph always deals with the with being like the angry one and it makes, how that makes him feel and stuff like that. Like, And that's I think something maybe I'm hoping for in this new one um, with Seth Rogen is that. Like, that part is still in Raph, but then we give Donnie and Mikey some actual, like, uh, emotional struggles, which is why I think I loved, like, The Last Ronin and why I wish they had kept a, a lot of the darker tones in the original original 90s, because it was Mikey dealing having to deal with, like, the fact that maybe Splinter won't be there anymore, and that's really tough for him. And I I just, yeah, the, I love Raph. I, I think, to me, he's the most emotionally complex one, um, but a lot of that is just. Be, and I, I will sit here and, and admit this. A lot of that is just because he's the only one they've allowed to have to be emotionally complex up to a certain point. Uh, point in time.
0: I like Raph because he's red and he has cool swords. That's it.
1: That's nah, <laughs> pretty. <laughs> I've always liked Raph the Wait, best because his sides are cool <laughs> and he's
0: stronger and he kicks everyone else's butt
1: he does he is way cooler i like he just like leo's cool but like if you don't like someone who is uh uh, i don't want to say pretentious but like has that lordy kind of attitude a little a majority of, of of turtles media like portrays him that way and like donnie's cool but like He's also kind of hard to get behind. He's just kind of like the nerdy friend that you always have around, and Mikey is eternally the little brother, which is great. But like, it doesn't give him enough for anybody to really hold on to, as far as like
0: from a character standpoint.
1: That's why I think like anytime you ask somebody like who's your favorite turtle, it's always either Raph or Leo. Always.
0: Here's the funny thing: is by definition, you would think Leo would be my favorite because Leo is probably the closest to like a Nightwing type of like. Yeah burden with leadership whether they want it or not and i don't like the character of jason todd all that much and he's the closest to Raph, because there's yeah. a robin for every ninja turtle i think leo is nightwing Raph is jason tim is donnie and then by default the younger brother is damien who also wears a lot <laughs> of brighter colors um that that last one's a bit of a stretch but you would think it would be leo but leo never really did it for me i was like Raph better uh but yeah besides you absconding with a copy of the 90s tape, any other, <laughs> What what's your big takeaways from the 90s one, the original movie?
1: Oh, no, I, I love it. I think it's it's a really, to me, it's a really good introduction to the Turtles. Um, it, even before you get to the, to the, uh, to the uh to like the comics and stuff like that. But like it's a really good introduction. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, despite my wishes now that I've seen like what could it, it could have been, um, I do think the end product is pretty it's pretty good, man. Like even like we joke about it, but like Splinter's Cowabunga at the end is chef's kiss uh I, I i love it so much um you know pizza it's very very quotable with the, the you know pizza man's got 30 seconds like
0: pizza it's, dude's it's got
1: 30 seconds very good about that uh
0: wise I man think, once said forgiveness is divine <laughs> never, but never but pay never full, price full price, for late, price pizza. for
1: late pizza so good i could still
0: uh, quote so much of
1: that. <laughs> such a fun 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 film so um, now I
0: think, huh what
1: uh, but i i think it, it definitely like it does it, it I don't know if it's aged well which is the only like I think it has except
0: it. for the goofier stuff I don't think the goofier yeah. stuff has aged well it was,
1: it was added added later and all that stuff yeah
0: so then that takes us to I believe is 1991 like they rushed the sequel into production teenage oh, oh, Ninja that makes money.
1: let's do it again
0: <laughs> <sighs> well. Too many parents complain, so they ruin the fun for the sequel. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, also known as the one Nathan has a soft spot for, even though he knows it's garbage. Uh, (laughs) So here's the thing.
1: (laughs) I feel you so much on that. (laughs) The first one
0: is easily the best. And as a kid, I noticed some quality drop off in the second one, but I would watch the second one almost as much as the first one, but not quite as much. Still to this day, I'll go... I will still watch the second one... And claim that there's some good stuff here. There um is. The Turtles are still the best part. I don't know what's happening here... With Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, you like completely backburnered... Shredder for this. Like... Okay. Also. This is where my little kid brain was at. That it just didn't make sense to me. In the first Ninja Turtles... Shredder's terrifying and cool and badass and everything else with his, like, cool helmet, and he's got his nice maroon outfit. Somehow, when he comes out of the sewer and whatnot, he now has a purple outfit. And I'm going, where'd you get a new, where'd you get new swag from, Shredder? Like, I get the new helmet. It showed you creating a new helmet. But why are you purple now? Is it because the cartoon did it purple? Why why'd you yes. make this weird switch?
1: That's where my
0: brain was. Not why are why is this discount up in Rock City here instead? No, it was it was why is Shredder purple now? And I hadn't even thought about why aren't the turtles using their weapons. Because apparently it was very controversial the first one in terms of level of violence. So the turtles never actually use their their bow staff, their katanas, the nunchucks and everything else. They just use their fists, which is somehow less violent. And also, in the words of Mikey, they use combat cold cuts at the beginning when they're beating up goons. They're literally slapping them in the face with sausage.
1: Yeah, I I get the flack that some, you know, quote unquote hardcore fans uh, give it, but like it's fun it's a lot of fun heaven forbid this
0: movie this dumb children's movie be targeted at children
1: we can talk the crap about uh, all the crap about go ninja go all the day but at the end of the day the song that song slaps slaps. it's so good
0: (laughs) now dude okay
1: And, and monster shredder is terrifying yeah, and they do get to him, he is absolutely terrifying.
0: Well, it's even scarier. It, it was Kevin Nash the whole time talking to the booker, going, Make sure I go over strong here, brother. And he <laughs> tore, and most likely, he tore both of his quads on the way to fight the turtles. Um, Love it. there is one thing though with Ninja Turtles 2 that has not aged well. I'm just going, Wow, this is actually horrible. And that's the character of Kino. Oh my god, Sheesh. I didn't hate that them as a kid but now i'm just going wow i actually want you dead like you are just the worst like his character introduction is him delivering pizzas to people and then when a girl turns him down he just goes good I kind of wanted something thinner and i'm going what the heck is wrong with you that chick's not even like there's nothing wrong she's an average sized woman you Douchebag! Like, what is wrong with you?
1: Yeah, he's not a good guy. And then,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we won't bring it up. But for those that know, what was Splinter doing on the roof?
1: <laughs>
0: the worst pause in movie history. The worst
1: cut, like Luke,
0: <laughs> Just look it up. It's it's so funny. Um, for me, second one is where you notice a quality drop. But as a kid, I didn't notice a huge quality drop, and still to this day. I'll watch it, is very of its time. But I think the second Ninja Turtles is closer to that 80s cartoon of being very much cartoonish and for children. And that's okay. Heaven forbid the turtles be a little cartoonish and for children from time to time. The turtles have been many things, and that's okay. Then uh, we jump the turtle with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, which... Remind me, Josh. I don't think the third one has a subtitle. I thought. No. S- uh, I thought sometimes actually, it sure. might be like. Let me look. I, th- I feel like sometimes I thought it was like lost in time or passage of time, or is it? I think other versions just have it being called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Three, in which case there's like a little magical torch thingy that has the turtles
1: don't don't don't, don't, don't start don't start getting nitpicky on weirdness now <laughs> it's a
0: it's like a torch thingy that's i'm not mad that the turtles went back in time i'm more just going you switched places with more than anything else um they switched places with four samurais from the past and so the turtles go back to feudal japan
1: yeah, it's it's literally yeah, no, it, it's literally just Teen Teen Teenage Ninja Turtles three.
0: Okay, that's what <laughs> it I thought. Have a and so you got a whole bunch of Englishmen trying to take over feudal Japan, and then they think the turtles are like these saviors that have come to protect their city, like let's go, Kappas! <laughs> seven samurai style, while also introducing the Japan, the Japanese people, to how to make pizza, and also. How to save children from a burning building and then giving them mouth to mouth. I'm just going, let's not do this. But okay. it's it's funny, though, because then the samurais, oh boy, they're in our timeline. Oh no, what are they going to do? So now Casey Jones has to teach fully grown men in diapers how to act like people in the 20th century. And I'm just going, ah, here's where things have gone off the rails a little bit, I think. Just a little bit.
1: I kind of really like the third one. As a kid, like, okay, so he, it's a, hear me out. Let him cook. Let him cook. Um, as a kid, I like when that when I saw the third one. I was starting to get into like really old, like somewhat crappy, like kung fu movies. So, like, if you like those, Ninja Troubles three is. It's not far off. It's no. pretty close.
0: <laughs> but here's the thing. Also, I think the biggest negative that a lot of people have, myself included, with Ninja Turtles 3 is the costumes are god awful. Oh, it yeah. Was, no, they're terrible. The, at, least with the, <laughs> at least with the second one, they still had Jim Henson's production company working and yeah. making the suits. So there's at least a little bit of continuity there of the Turtles more or less looking the same. The... Third one is not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles it anymore. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Salamanders. They have well, like literally. liver spots and the color is all weird and their skin is way too smooth and they all kind of look the same which kind of defeats the purpose and the hard work that was put into the costume design for the first two movies. Um it, although the third one does something that had not been done in, well it was done very very briefly in the first movie and I think Josh knows where I'm going with this and it's something that doesn't get used enough enough in ninja Turtles movies and that is the turtles actually hiding in their shell for a little bit yes, like it's guys so
1: good <laughs> they point
0: they point a cannon I think at, at Michelangelo's face they're like we're gonna shoot your face off oh no and then as soon as they shoot it he just shrinks his head into his little thing I'm just going oh yeah that's a thing that turtles can do. Why didn't we do that sooner? Um Yeah. And was going, okay. This movie's dumb. And when the villain falls to his death off the mountain, the splash effect happens before he oh, hits the water.
1: Terrible. <laughs> Look, man, I know it's a bad movie, okay? I'm not sitting here saying that it's like, you know, better than two or anything like that. I'm just saying <laughs> that it's a fun time okay
0: (laughs) and here's here's why i'll give three a pass because i'm here to hurt josh emotionally
1: no you don't no no there's not a fourth one
0: there is we We are going down this road josh we are going down this road to talk about the unofficial official Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 with the girl turtle that is Venus de Milo, who, you know, all the turtles have their own unique colors of red, purple, blue, and orange. And Venus de Milo, slightly lighter color of blue. Um, She's the turtle's long-lost sister. So here's, I need to bring this story up. I need to bring this movie up because so many people have overlooked it. And I wish I could have lived. (laughs) I wish (laughs) I could have overlooked this. But then again, like I said earlier, when I'm a diehard fan of something, I can't halfway it. I have to be fully enveloped into it. So growing up, I would see the the three movies a lot. But I always heard about this fourth one or some people would talk about it. Not very often, but they'd be like, oh yeah, that one with Venus to Milo. I knew even as a kid, something's got to be up with this fourth one. If they're always selling the first three as like a package together, like a DVD or a Blu-ray combo, or they're always together in the stores. And then the fourth one is always sequestered off doing its own thing.
1: Yeah, that is, that is kind of crazy.
0: So even as a kid, I'm just going, something's not quite right here. And then I watch him going, something's not quite right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's because if I remember correctly, this Turtles movie was not a sequel to the third one. Wasn't it connected to like that television series that crossed over with Something Power Rangers? Because like that, yeah. that the design not... of Venus Demilo looks more like it would fit on a Power Rangers show. This movie is just I know people like to bag on the Michael Bay movies, and we'll get there. But guys, anytime somebody says this is a new low for the Turtles franchise, guys, the Turtles have been around so long and have tried so much weird stuff that we'll never have the quote unquote worst of the Ninja Turtles. You do realize they had a Christmas album at one point, like we can't (laughs) end this terrible movie (laughs) just because the Michael Bay ones weren't great. They're still at least competently made films
1: and depending what version you look at, Splinter is either, A, a rat that watched a human do Kung Fu and learned ninjutsu that way, or is the is the actual, like, old master of ninjutsu who got turned into a rat and sent to New York. Like, dude, this stuff is weird, man. Like, you can't, like, don't, don't ignore it. But yeah, it's, uh, the fourth one is, it's a thing that happens, and I wish, and I think a lot of fans wish it didn't. <laughs>
0: TMNT4. I'm looking it up now. Was it No, that's not I it. T-
1: I, I have personally never seen it and never never wanted to track it down or anything like that.
0: Oh, no. Oh, that's funny. If you Google TMNT4 movie, it immediately takes you to the 2007 movie instead. <laughs>
1: It is, yeah, it's TMNT the
0: fourth movie, TMNT 2007. It is the fourth and final installment of the original series. They just gloss no, that's right. not, that,
1: that, They just glossed right over that
0: as they that's should. Crazy. But then,
1: why, why would you do that to the 2007 movie? That's so mean.
0: <laughs> but let's just start us off with the 2007, probably the most overlooked uh, Ninja Turtles movie that's actually good
1: yeah oh totally i i think a lot of people um it, it's it's the first i want to say cgi animated um turtles movie uh
0: i think I so think, unless I there was think, like directed I'm, dvd or yeah ones I, I, for I don't the TV know show. i think
1: that threw a lot of people because a lot of the older fans were very much like no, you have to do costumes it's got to be live action Blah blah blah. whatever um I love what they do with the, with the movie. I mean, so I play, I had the video game on my DS. Like I played the crap out of that thing. I saw this movie in theaters. Um, Like it was was basically, it's the same, same, you know, tried, tried old and true T story. Raph is angry, gets separated, causes problems, blah, blah, blah. Only um, I love that Raph, Decides to be a vigilante and like goes off on his own and stuff like that. Like for that that way, like super interesting. Basically, at the end of the day, I'm trying to remember. I don't think Shredder is even involved in it, but like there's this guy summoning like
0: Patrick he's, Stewart.
1: Yeah, these he, because <laughs> he's Ocean Master. Um, but uh, he's <laughs> one of the guys looks like Ocean Master a little bit. Uh, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, but the basically to summon all of these like old gods of war or or something to that effect. And so they just have to go, go and stop him. And they, for some reason have access to the foot clan and it's, it's wild. It's super weird. They dive into the, to the, the, to the mutant kind of stuff a little bit, but not really. Uh, It's, I, I like it a lot. Honestly, I think it's the, it's, it's a better representation of, I think maybe the comics a little bit, than maybe the original 90s ones were. And it's a lot of fun. It's a stupid amount of fun.
0: I, I think it's the second best one after the 90, the original 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my big issue with it is I don't particularly love the villains. I think they're just kind of... That's
1: fair. They're not the that.
0: most interesting. Like Shredder, as soon as he shows up in the 1991, you're like, oh, this dude means business. And he does. I don't think the Turtles ever actually beat Shredder. They, they no. just lucked himself into a death um and Casey Jones commits a murder clearly um
1: <laughs> boy, Casey.
0: but the 2007 one i don't think the villains are particularly memorable they're just all a bunch of stones that come to life also just like random things like how does leo not recognize his own brother that's just a big hulking unit of armor i'm just guy got- he looks exactly like your brother who else is shaped <laughs> like that
1: yeah, some problems
0: yeah also you know i love the fact that mikey they actually for once explain how the turtles pay for their pizza and mikey has a job as a children's entertainer but he just wears a michelangelo head over his own head like okay so good that's pretty good my other big criticism of the movie besides the villain is normally i don't mind celebrity voice actors but i think there is too big of name celebrities in this that I only heard the celebrity, not the character. Like, when I'm watching the 90s one, I'm going, that's Raph, that's Leo, that's Donnie, that's Mikey. Whereas this, I'm going, that is blatantly Chris Evans. That is blatantly Patrick Stewart. Like, this is a little distracting. Um... It's it's still good. I think it's got some of the best action of any of the Turtles movies. Agreed. Um, It's got a very interesting style. I felt bad because I feel like it really went under the radar and it's mm-hmm. I think they may have run into an issue of how do we market this because it is supposed to be a follow up to those original live action movies but I don't think as a kid I understood that because yeah, no we agree. had a whole show, the 2000s one that we loved so much. Uh, we we had already had that as a full show, basically. And so, I don't think the advertising did enough to say, hey, this is a continuation of that TV series. And we hadn't gotten stuff like that before. It's more commonplace nowadays. I think had the trailer showed, they'd be like, yes, this is a continuation of the story of the first two Ninja Turtles movies. Nothing else past that. Um, we're completely ignoring the third one. Um, then I think... You, you definitely would have gotten me in the theater as a Die Hard Turtles fan. Because I didn't see the yeah. movie in theaters. Um, so then, fast forward to the Michael Bay era. <laughs>
1: Let's we go. we, we got to set
0: the stage first. Because uh, what the movie ended up being versus what i think they're planning on the movie being is two completely separate things and i think it's Agreed. blatantly apparent that things were changed in this movie first of all uh despite what michael bay will tell you you'll be like no no that was always a the plan they were clearly on planning on the turtles being aliens at one point oh, early, yeah, early in the script process michael Bay was like no we we always wanted them to be mutants And no, that was something that got leaked and got people all pissed, so they changed it. But no, I I firmly believe that they were supposed to be aliens at one point, and that was dumb. I also still maintain, if I had to put on a Conspiracy Theory tinfoil hat for something, William Fickner's character was always intended to be the Shredder. Yes. And it's they have some lazy reshoots in the movie to... Go around it because in the in Turtles lore, the shredder is Oroku Saki. Hmm, William Fickner's character's name is Eric Sachs. Hmm, an Americanized version of Oroku Saki. Interesting, and he's the main villain in this movie until we have like one or two scenes of a dude mysteriously in shadow that we never get to see his face as the actual shredder. I think he was supposed to be the bad guy. I think that was always the plan. And then late in the game, fans may have heard that like a white dude was playing Shredder. And so they probably ADR'd some dialogue to tweak some things, do some reshoots with the old Asian guy that would never even see his face. Be like, no, 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 we promise that that's the actual Shredder. Because the story is clearly the Eric Sachs character as the villain. And he has a rivalry with the Turtles. And his story is actually well thought out and interesting. And then the Shredder is just an afterthought. But before we get to the turtles themselves and the choices that they made, what did you think of the villain for Turtles and just the movie as a whole, besides the turtle stuff, everything leading up to it and everything else?
1: It's fine. I, it's, (sighs) How do we say this? Um, it's the typical thing with Michael Bay films. They look pretty, but they don't really necessarily make sense. Like um, the Shredder is pretty cool looking. Uh, I, I'll give him that. I like, hated
0: Shredder. I'll be honest. See,
1: that that's, that's you know, one and here's, wh- here's why.
0: It's like everything else with Michael Bay. It's cool, but over designed. There's yes, like that agreed. scene where he's confronting Splinter and he like does the Wolverine thing where like claws come out and we're like, that's cool. And then he does it again. He's like, "I got claws on claws." I'm like, "Okay, that that's overkill, there, man." Why? Why? Like,
1: why do you need that? Yeah. And I, what's interesting too is that I and maybe my memory, you know, my memory is what it is, but um, I kind of swore that Eric Sachs is like a whole character in the comics and uh, and and other shows, but like he's not. He's never the Shredder, but like he's he's an actual character that's completely separated so it, to me that was also going to even that was going to be kind of crazy um, I maybe I didn't hate it as much as I think maybe some other people did I I, I agree with your theories and I, I think that it would be hard to see the movie and not think those things I think even in uh, when I saw I I think I, I think I saw this in the theaters I think but um, even I was like um what shredder seem like an afterthought in this? Like that's a little odd. Uh, Hmm. Yeah. Making our main, like the villain of the turtles be, uh, kind of, a an afterthought afterthought seems like a weird choice. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's fine. Um, it's at least better than turtles two and three.
0: That <laughs> I is, would think anyway, that is true. Uh I don't love the movie, but I don't think it's as bad as some people make it out to be. And I think that comes down to the turtles themselves, which are an incredibly mixed bag. Um, I love their personalities and how they're interacting with each other. I think like the original movie, I think the voice cast is really well done of I don't hear the actors playing them. I hear the characters, which I mean, full credit to Johnny Knoxville as leo yeah i think he doesn't get the credit he deserves he's a very good leo actually um
1: i, I, have, I have a vivid memory of, of like the whole community being like really johnny knoxville been like that was like the least of our problems he was actually pretty good
0: yeah, yeah he, he was quite good um i will say their personalities and everything was great the turtles themselves are over designed i remember getting into a debate with somebody in college, I was just like, I hate what they did with Donnie of he literally is head to toe in gadgets, but everybody else is too. Like mm-hmm. Mikey's got a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I don't mind it so much for this new one that Donnie's got stuff on him because he's the only one that's got stuff on him. And he has significantly less stuff like Donnie in the it Michael Bay one. Sense. Yeah. But like Donnie in the Ninja Turtle in Michael Bay's one, which I know Michael Bay didn't direct either movie, but we just called him the Michael Bay movies. He's like overly designed. Like he's got stuff yes. on his wrists, both wrists. It's, his belt is like completely decked out in gear, but everyone else was over-designed. Of, I'm just going, this is ridiculous. And I also felt like the turtles were a little too tanky. Like, here, let me just get shot by uh, a Humvee and I'm totally fine. Whereas they're, like They're big. They're really big. They're beasts. And also, like, I don't feel like they're ever in danger. Like, I remember, was it Leo or Raph in the comic that gets their shell cracked, and you feel like that's a big deal, like that? You feel like that's a big deal, like they're actually vulnerable. Whereas in the Michael Bay one, I'm just like, you y'all are just transformers. You're indestructible. There's nothing bad that can happen to you. Um, Much has been made about uh, Megan Fox's April O'Neil. I think she is as good. As the material she is given, which is not very good.
1: Yeah. Also, I I would not blame her on that
0: one. Yeah, I don't blame her for this movie at all. I do blame Will Arnett, though. God, he's awful in this movie. Like, I hate his character so much. It just feels like a Michael Bay insert of like, hey, we know Megan Fox is hot. Let's just harass her the entire movie. It's just awful. Um, The Shredder fight was whatever. But. And here's where we get into the controversial opinions. Let's get into the much better Ninja Turtles movie of the two of them. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. Um, they still get some things wrong here. But I think, to their credit, they took fan feedback from the previous movie and applied it to this movie. Um, my big criticism... Josh and I have had this discussion many times, and I think Josh has a bigger issue with than I do. But mm-hmm. God, Stephen Amell was miscast, Casey Jones.
1: It's so bad. He's just not even entertaining. That's the thing. Like he, at least like Casey in the '90s, like he was. He doesn't quote unquote do much for the for the movie. But he's an interesting person. And he's an interesting character. that kind of want to have him around just to see how he interacts with everybody. Whereas Stephen Amell's Casey. He just feels like Oliver Queen like was universe jumping and decided to be somebody else for a little bit. Like he's just bland. It's he is the wonderbread of of the entire movie. He's just there and I, I it it almost makes me more mad that he's that he's so bland out of literally everything else in 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 both of those Michael Bay movies because it's just it is such a missed opportunity, and it's one of those things that, like, Casey is pretty integral to to this franchise, and to just get, make him even more you know, uninteresting than Megan Fox's April O'Neil is kind of, like, horrifying.
0: And he only wears the, the hockey mask once, and the hockey mask not even yeah. right for that. It's it's whatever. He's like, I, I'm Stephen Amell. I gotta show my face. Um, yes. Put that aside. The rest of the movie, I think, is cast pretty well. We actually have a yeah. legit shredder this time around with, I believe, the actor's name was Brian T. Um, doesn't do much, but he looks like, okay, this is the shredder we should have got the first time. An actual human yeah. being, not in a mechanized suit. Um, granted, you know, Krang kind of wastes him pretty early on that we don't actually get any shredderness. Um, but the fact that they went balls to the wall and actually had Krang and the tectodrome in there, going, okay, I applaud you for it. To me, Mm -hmm. the MVPs of Out of the Shadows, though, has to be Rocksteady and Bebop. I was so surprised by how good Seamus was. Both of them together, my man. (laughs) Like, they were actually good. And I know some people had some criticism with the tone. They're just like, it's too dumb and childish. Y'all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Y'all. You are watching a movie called teenage mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows did you want this to be a serious endeavor bebop and rocksteady i think were great adaptations of the original characters and another thing i think was a good adaptation that i think people get mad about i didn't have an issue with tyler perry's baxter stockman
1: oh same i think it's great
0: I think he knew exactly what type of movie he was in and just went for it. Tyler Perry, when he wants to be, like, in, um, Gone Girl, can be a good actor. But I think he knew what they were going for in this movie. He was just going, yeah, I'm down to make a fool of myself. Like, he is blatantly aware that Baxter Stockman originally was just kind of the butt of the joke. He just got trampled on by everybody. Um... So I didn't mind his Baxter Stockman. I feel like the second one, Out of the Shadows, was closer to an adaptation of the original 80s cartoon than it was an adaptation yes, of the '90 movie. And for some people, it didn't work. For me, it didn't entirely work, but it was closer to the Turtles that I would prefer to see on screen than the other movie. So while it's not perfect, I wanted to give them credit for going, okay... You clearly did learn from your mistakes in the last movie and made a concerted effort to honestly, if we're going based off the 80s cartoon, you made one of the most faithful adaptations you could have made. You just didn't make a great movie around it. But I don't know how good of a movie you could have made if you're basing it off of the 80s one as much as some people are going to hate me for saying that. Um, Also, because I forgot to mention in the first one, the best thing about that first one is the elevator scene by a wide margin.
1: And I think there's more of that kind of vibe in the second one. Agreed. My biggest issue is that that so much of the movie takes place during the day. Very rarely does it take place at at night. And I get that is because of the whole, like, hey, we want to come out of the shadows. We want to be at the forefront, blah, 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 which a is not a thing that the turtles really need to do. Like, they're ninjas. Why would ninjas want to get recognized for that? that doesn't make sense i think the biggest thing that the second movie does that is actually really really interesting and i wish they spent more time on it in the film is the idea that stockman's formula could turn them human and like they deal with it like maybe two minute scene um and, Don, and it, like it's all around donnie and like to, to donnie's credit he it's a he does a very, very good job of making it interesting. I just wish it was a bigger part of the movie because while the we want to be out out in the shadows, we don't want to be afraid anymore. A hey, yeah, you keep growing the way you are. You're not going to fit in the sewers anymore because um, you're way too stinking big. But the whole little side plot that that I of of like them potentially being able to be human instead of turtles was. I wish had a bigger a bigger part in that movie because it it just it it makes it so much inter so much more interesting I think than like well we want credit for our deeds you know you know what I mean it's fine it that that snowboarding the, the 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 avalanche scene is super cool oh for the first one uh, yeah like the, and that's what I'll, I'll give them credit for it for the action in Bolt two is for the most part, pretty good. I think it's probably some of the best action that we've seen um, in a Turtles movie so far. Uh, Mm. Kind of depending on what you're into. I also
0: go with the 90s one just because I like the hand-to-hand combat, the actual ninja aspect, as opposed to the brute force of the Michael Bay ones of just, we're going to be powerhouses. Also, I believe the 90s one being the ninja aspect more than the uh yes. we're literally the size of a truck how are we going to hide but then again i guess you can make the case of how did they hide in april's apartment they found ways people they found ways so did you know it was great production crews that are hiding behind tables and whatnot
1: <laughs> <laughs> i but like there's also like um the the nickelodeon show just that they, they they did a movie recently not theatrical release or anything like that and it's like if you are a into the TMNT and also B into anime, it is, it's da- so close to a perfect movie. What you you've got a gasp? What you got?
0: I wasn't going to talk about this primarily because I forgot about it. But this new Ninja Turtles movie isn't the last time we've seen the turtles recently, as you talk about an animated feature yeah Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh man my gosh,
1: yes that is like one of the most perfect uh, inter- uh, on-screen iterations of TMNT it really is know, no 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 notes no notes whatsoever
0: honestly like <laughs> I'm watching this as a huge Batman but also as a huge Ninja Turtles fan when this movie came out and my jaw was on the floor by how much did the details that get right so like when Batman fights Shredder for the first time Shredder drops down and he s- drops down like a slow like super slow motion and he like bobs back up I'm just going as someone that has rewatched the original DVD ad nauseum as a kid growing up you did that perfectly that's exactly how Shredder was introduced in the final fight in the first Ninja Turtles where he comes down to the, the slow boom and then like certain lines of dialogue I'm going ah that's a thing that's a thing or how characters are presented it batman versus the ninja turtles was better than it had any right to be and this is coming from someone that has read the actual the crossover comic the comic's good i think they made appropriate tweaks where it fits um Although, I'm still questioning why Joker turned into a cobra and not a hyena. I'm still mad about that. That makes no sense to me. And no, it's not because of my pathological fear of snakes. You're the one that's afraid of snakes here. Um, <laughs>
1: but I mean, it does make sense that Harley turns into a into a hyena. Like, I like that. But, they like, should
0: have been conjoined uh, hyenas. Mm, we already I, had well, a conjoined so, thing, though, with the, the with uh, whatever Two-Face so, turned yeah, into.
1: So, I... I agree that he shouldn't have been a snake, but I'm not hundred percent sure what else you turn him into because at the end of the day, he is very terrifying as a cobra snake. But like, I don't know hyena. If you're gonna make Harley the hyena, okay, cool. But if you make Joker the hyena, what do you make Harley then? Like, you know what I mean? So it, it, I don't like the idea of them being both hyenas. But at the same at the same time, it's like I don't know what other choice that you have there.
0: I. I just appreciate that Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles somehow made Batman believably exist with the Ninja Turtles, but never devaluing either one. Like, at the end, again, mild spoiler alert for people that haven't seen this animated movie that's a couple years old now, when it's just Batman, and all of a sudden he goes, cowabunga. It doesn't feel dumb for Batman, because the way that they built it up, it makes sense that that's the code word for the Turtles. Um... I'll also still lose it of um, Batman's driving with Michelangelo. Don't press the button, and then at the end, Michelangelo, yes, yeah, push all the buttons, all of them, yeah. all the buttons, and he just starts going to town yeah, on it. And then you so cut good. over, you cut over to Damien oh i always wanted to push all the buttons <laughs> and you're just like well damien maybe if we not such a little douche canoe maybe you would actually be loved for once the,
1: at that point damien was like that uh, to me i think that was like one of the turning points for us is as there's people that like for for damien anyway of like okay he's not he's not terrible because like before that he we had like what son of batman and um
0: batman versus robin like,
1: yeah, like those two. And he's awful. He's not likable. He's not interesting. Like, it oh, but yeah, it's...
0: And then God, you and get, Dean like, ver- Donnie and Batgirl paired together. And she's just like, and we get the serum here. Ooze. Yeah, I'm not calling it that. And I'm just going, thank you. <laughs>
1: Which, great, great line in, in, in the trailer for Newton Mayhem. It was like We prefer ooze. It just rolls off the tongue better. Ooze. 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 I watched it, like... Four or five times, just, like, watching that specific section and watching each of them interact, like, differently with it and interact with each other, and, like, ah, it's so
0: good. Yeah, I'm changing my mind. Actually, no, the 90s fun is probably still my favorite Ninja Turtles movie, and then second is Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) It just does justice to both characters, and I'm still mad that we have not gotten a sequel to that. But maybe it's just complicated because it's two separate studios with Warner Brothers and then Nickelodeon, Um, which... I don't say this very often about like big studios and whatnot, but I think Nickelodeon has always been a good shepherd for the Ninja Turtles brand. I think they've handled that property incredibly well. It's not something people point out very often, but I think they've utilized it well. They've exposed it enough, but not overexposed it, which you know has been the case with turtles before heaven forbid. We just slap Ninja Turtles on literally anything. Um, but they always have some form of a show going on, but they take the time to make it sure it's a good show. They don't just mm-hmm. put minimum effort into it. I think Nickelodeon understands the property that they have with Turtles, and they've done a good job with it. Makes me very excited for Mutant Mayhem.
1: Agreed. I'm. I think all of this leading up to um, just based off of the, this little teaser that we have with it for the Mutant Mayhem. I honestly feel that. Like this could be the best Turtles movie ever made, up to this point at least. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I'm excited to see what we get from the, the the what what did he say the 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 eternal uh, teenager Seth Seth, uh, Seth Rogen, which I loved as soon as that I was like okay I'm hooked let's go. The moment
0: I was hooked was um when Mikey's throwing you no know, when Raph is throwing the shuriken at Mikey's head. Yeah, I'm just yeah, like. Yeah. As a, but- as an older adult, I'm just going. That is incredibly dangerous, but at the child of heart, going, do it, do it, do it, do it. That might hit it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, like it's so like stupid, Donnie, but it's a teenager Donnie thing to do.
1: Like, You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. He's gonna, He's die. gonna die. Like it's so good. Like, but then Mikey, it's perfect
0: because you see Leo in the background being super, yes. super anxious about everything. But as soon as someone's in danger, he leaps forward to take care of him. Oh, going so good.
1: and like perfect. Mikey, Mikey being like, "Why is? This, why did we pick a fruit that shaped like my head? Like, ah." Oh, so Don't ask good. questions. I, I'm so you're gonna break my concentration so good i'm super excited for it
0: well what do you guys think should we do more discussions like this in the future of just focusing on one specific thing and really hone in on it let us know were you a big ninja turtles fan have you never been a big ninja turtles fan either way let us know your ninja Turtles story down in the comments below as i like hear from you guys and as always if you like what you hear and you want to hear more subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast or subscribe to us on youtube at Uncharted media and as always Stay sharp, movie guys and gals, or in this case, cowabunga.